Hey guys, this is Beth. And this is Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. Well, welcome back, everyone, to our podcast. And if you don't know yet, hopefully you do, we are on YouTube as well. So go over there, watch the video, like it, and subscribe so you can get all of the episodes that are to come. Now, today, we're going to be talking about type twos, the nurturing supporters. And in this episode, we're going to give you a fuller understanding of the type twos by applying our new proprietary Enneagram concept called Enneagram Internal Profile, or EIP for short. Well, in episode 112, we explained what EIP is and how it's different. Uh, if you've missed that episode, be sure to go back and listen to it because it's going to provide you with the foundations for all of these future episodes that are going to carry us through the summer. EIP is also the topic of our new book, More Than Your Number, which has been making itself through our own stories as uh, we started using this uh, way of approaching the Enneagram Back in 2015 is when we first started doing it. Um, So More Than Your Number comes out this September. So you can go ahead and pre-order it. It's actually up on Amazon now, So, but you can go and pre-order it wherever you buy books. So Beth, since EIP is a brand new concept, uh, why don't you spend a moment and just explain uh, briefly what EIP is? Okay, yeah. Well, first, we must always remember that God is focusing on our heart condition, right? So we use this tool, the Enneagram, to help us to understand and have awareness and clarity of where our heart is at any given moment. Is it aligned or is it misaligned with the truth of the gospel? So we've developed EIP to really help ourselves understand ourselves with more clarity. Because, see, we're not just one number or one type. I mean, yes, we do have a main type, but we have many parts of our heart. We have many parts of the Enneagram types that influence our heart. And we know this because there's lots of times we'll say things like, well, there's a part of me that really wants to do this, and there's a part of me that doesn't. Or there's a part of me that's fearful, but a part of me that has a lot of courage, and I want to go for that as well. So EIP is going to help us to understand these parts of our hearts. Well, and I'll say this too, Bethy, that um, one of the things that we started to recognize early on as the Enneagram started to become more popular is the reality that um, the the way in which the Enneagram has been taught is more based upon descriptions uh, rather than transformation. Mm-hmm. And so when we would talk about paths or you talk about wings, it's more like this is just a description of this kind of behavior, right. which recognizing it is so huge. But what we've come to understand is that these other numbers are active parts of our lives uh, and that we can develop sort of a relationship and learn how to lead our internal world. And the Enneagram actually gives us a map of what these various parts are. Absolutely. Now, of course, our main type is the driving force behind why we think, feel, and behave in particular ways, and that's based on the core motivations for our main type. But our main type, again, is just one of many parts of our heart. So we want to just take um, not just a look at, let's say, type two, which we're going to today. We definitely want to see how the core motivations shape the type two's heart and how it is the driving force, the perspective we they, they see life, um, but that they have other parts of their heart that are influencing them. So as we use EIP, or as we call it, Enneagram Internal Profile, it's going to help you to have the clarity to see that you have six 
parts of your heart that have a great influence in what and why you do what you do. So we're going to take a look at these six parts. And the first one we're going to take a look at is the main type. Because our main type is comprised of two parts of our heart. We have the misaligned wounded child, or some people might call it the flesh, and the gospel-led beloved child, which is the spirit-led self. Now, secondly, our main type has four connecting types that are comprised of four parts of our heart. Now, these are the two wings that are connected to you and the two Enneagram paths. Those are the lines and the arrows that are connected to your main type. We call them paths. Now, each of these parts can show up in your life, either aligned or misaligned, depending on whether your heart is following your beloved child or your wounded child. So which one is leading, guiding the way? This means that using EIP can help you to become aware of your current heart condition in any given circumstance, which is so helpful because you're going to be able to see, am I following truth? Am I following the spirit? Or am I following the flesh? And when we recognize that we're not following the Holy Spirit and that we're misaligned, we can ask him to waken our beloved child up and to lead that part of our heart back to the truth of the gospel. And when your beloved child leads all of your hearts back to the truth of the gospel, you're going to see an overflow of your heart in a healthy way, which represents the fruits of the Spirit. Well, the Enneagram symbol is a key to helping us map out all of the various EIP parts, which, again, includes our main type, our two wings, and the two paths. Plus, it's so important to recognize that we can access these parts both in healthy or aligned ways or unhealthy ways. So in total, there are actually six parts to each EIP. Today, we're going to be diving into type twos. But before we jump in, uh, what we're going to spend some time just talking as an overview of the type two Enneagram type. Yeah. All right. So let's just take a look at type twos. Now, type twos really prioritize relationships. They want to make sure that the people around them are well cared for and that they feel loved. So they're going to take a genuine interest into the lives of those that are around them and make sure like who has a need and what can I do to help. However, the deep need and suffering of the world can be especially burdensome to the two because they're really feeling it. And so they feel it's their job to alleviate the pain and the suffering of those that they see around them. So they're constantly feeling the need to go and to do. Now, it's really hard for the twos is to focus on themselves because they feel like that is being selfish. They don't really understand what it means to take care of themselves. In fact, it can feel wrong and bad to take care of themselves. They, they fear that people are going to see that as selfish and reject them. Now, their focus of attention, therefore, is winning the approval of others by feeling their emotions and fulfilling those people's needs. So they're going to project an image of being the most selfless, loving, and supportive person so that they can get the affirmation they're looking for. Now, type twos have many strengths. They enjoy others and relate to them extremely well. And they're intuitive in knowing how other people function and how to relate to them on a very warm and empathetic level. They're very joyful and optimistic as well. Now, type two strings can also become their weaknesses like all of us. Now, what they'll do is they'll start to deny their own needs and feelings and only focus on the needs and emotions of others. And they're going to actually insert themselves into the lives of others, even if others don't quite want that. 
And so what you'll start to see is boundaries are being transgressed. But the twos think they're doing it out of love and service, but really they're hoping to be loved and appreciated for what they're doing. However, so type twos at their best are sincere, humble, selfless, they're warm-hearted, caring, and generous. And they give unconditional love first to themselves, which then the overflow is true generosity to others without needing anything back in return. So there's no strings attached. And that's really important in allowing twos to see, do I move into someone's life and help them? Or can I just let them be and ask if they would like me to help, but then step back if they don't? That is when a true two knows that they are loved and cherished. Now, let's just take a quick second, Jeff, before we dive into type twos a little further. We just want to look at their core motivations because, again, the core motivations is why we think, feel, and behave in particular ways. So even though I just gave you an overview, why are they doing that? Well, the reason why is for these four core motivations. Now, the type two has a core fear. Their core fear is feeling rejected and unwanted, being worthless, needy, inconsequential, dispensable, and unworthy of love. But they desire and strive to get appreciation, to feel loved and wanted. But then they struggle with the core weakness of pride. Now, pride here means that they're denying their own needs and emotions while then focusing fully on their intuition to discover and focus on the needs and emotions of others so that they can then confidently insert their helpful support in hopes that others will be grateful and show appreciation for their thoughtful care. So again, that core weakness of pride, uh, Jeff, is that the twos really have this kind of superpower. They will walk into a room and they can literally feel the feelings and the needs of others. And you could imagine if you're seeing needs and you have a heart of compassion and empathy like a two does, and you fear rejection, you're going to want and feel the absolute need to move into that person's life and to help them right where they're at in any way, shape, or form. And to not do that is there's just so much fear for the two because, well, what if people see that I know there's a need, but I don't do anything, they're going to think I'm being selfish. And therefore, people are going to reject me and not love me. So it's really, really hard for two to step back from this and to not intrude on other people's lives in an unhealthy way. Now, the core longing for the type two is to hear that you are wanted and loved. We'll be back after a quick break. Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now, we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90-minute sessions, and there's eight of them. Plus, you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. 
Well, there's good news for twos, uh, particularly as it relates to their core longing, because in Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension, he uniquely applies the truth of the gospel for the two. What comes to mind first is Mark 10, where Jesus tells us that he came not to be served, but to serve. He proves this at the Last Supper, where he talks with Peter about, hey, I I need to wash your feet, and Peter denies it. But Jesus uh, reengages with him and says, no, I need to wash your feet. Well, here's the reality for twos. Jesus has come to serve you. He is gentle and humble at heart. He sees you, and he moves towards your fear of rejection with joy and with kindness and acceptance. He moves towards you with assurance that you are his, his beloved child. Yeah, I know one of the phrases that twos often tell me that's really hard for them to accept is that they are loved unconditionally. Like they just cannot wrap their mind around that. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying to them and what he does. That's right. So why don't we first dive in uh, to the two parts of a type two's main part, which is the wounded child and the beloved child. Let's take the wounded child first. The wounded child is the part of our main type that is hurt by the tragedy and trauma of living in a fallen world. It's the vulnerable and tender part of us. It reacts to life from history of pain and painful experiences, and it has this need to want to feel protected and feel assured. Beth, why don't you start off by talking to us about the type two's wounded child? Yeah, sure. Type twos longed as children to hear that you are wanted and loved by their authority figures, and they feared being rejected and unwanted and loved. So they became little helpers, that they're the most selfless kind of person that would go around and take care of people in hopes that they would get that approval and affirmation from those that they wanted it from. They're very specific people they wanted it from. Now, for the type twos, their wounded part falsely believes that it is not okay for them to have their own needs, that that's being selfish and wrong, and that they can't be loved unconditionally. They have to pursue helping others in order to be loved. So, for type twos, their wounded child might say things like this to themselves, it's not okay to have my own needs, and it's not okay to say no to fulfilling other people's needs. They also might say, well, if I'm close to others and loved by them, then they'll appreciate me for all that I'm doing. And I must help serve and extend myself to others no matter what the cost. So as you can see, the wounded child is reacting to these false internal messages. And therefore, they're going to become these caretakers. They're going to be extending themselves over and over and over again, hoping that they will get appreciation, hoping that they'll be loved and approved for what they have done for others. The problem is that the more that they insert themselves and they people please, the more it's actually going to cause problems and frustration with their relationships, which actually goes counter to the very thing that they're looking for. Well, we often get asked, how does a type 2 help to bring healing to their wounded child? Well, first we need to see that the wounded child has good intent. Well, as a matter of fact, let's back up a little bit. First, the two needs to recognize that something's actually happening inside them. That's going to show up in kind of frenetic energy. Maybe they're a little more disorganized. Uh, They're anxious, and that may be showing up in their body. There may be illnesses. Uh, Or they they may be actually becoming testy in relationships, which the two experiences sometimes as guilt. But sadly, whenever they get uh, increasingly unhealthy and living out this wounded child, um, they actually don't recognize what's actually happening around them. 
um, and they become sort of uh, more victim-like in their relationships. So one of the ways to bring healing when these things happen is to, one, see when this is being activated in the type 2's life. Uh, secondly, to recognize the good intent, that this is your way of trying to work out your own internal struggle and pain living in a fallen world. Number three is to pre- befriend your wounded child. And you can do that simply by giving it a name. Now, you can call it your younger self, or maybe there's a name associated with its story and how you've experienced pain in the past and how you have come to recognize it's this part of your story and giving it a name based upon the circumstances that were around it. Why don't you share about the name that you use for your wounded child and how that's become helpful, uh, and then I'll share mine. Yeah, so for me, I've simply named her Little Bethy, and that kind of comes from this endearing term that my dad, you know, would use when I was younger. Um, and that's just the young part of my heart that, you know, like all of us have different wounds um, growing up and not understanding the world in very specific ways. And it's obvious that the term you use for me, too, is Bethy. Um, and so for me, that is kind of the vulnerable part of my heart that, you know, does get scared or or. Am I going to get hurt or is there going to be conflict and tension? And I'm trying to avoid all that kind of pain um, and chaos. And so little Bethy is uh, the term I use. You know, I remember whenever I started uh, in doing exercises of silence and solitude and just taking an account of all the different things that I was thinking about. Uh, initially, uh, I, I, I called this part of my heart butthead um, because it always <laughs> started with butts. But what about this? But what about this? But what about this? Um, and so then I started to realize, oh, wait a minute, this is, this is a part of me that has been scared as a little kid, but took responsibilities of a parent onto myself, uh, not having the guidance that I longed for from my parents. So then I started calling him buddy, um, and that spoke to its positive intent. Well, now I actually have a very endearing name. Uh, no one calls me Jeffrey. Mm. Um, my mom used to call me Jeffrey Allen. <laughs> when you were uh, in trouble? Like when I was in trouble. So that's, <laughs> But the term Jeffrey speaks to the younger self, uh, and it speaks to the loneliness, the pain, uh, the fear, the anxiety that I experienced as a child. But here's the thing, is that when Jeffrey is leading the ship, when he's driving the boat, driving the bus, the reality is that is an opportunity to apply the truth of the gospel. And the part of me that can do that is our beloved child. So, Beth, why don't you talk a little bit about the type two's beloved self? Yeah, absolutely. So, for the type two's, your beloved self knows who you are and whose you are. This is your spirit-led self. And so, when you're living out this part of your heart, you're feeling absolutely free. You're free from feeling rejected and shame and the feeling that you're being selfish because under the leadership and the guidance of your beloved child, you can now rest and delight in the care of your good shepherd. And what he is doing is he is showing you that you are loved and wanted for exactly who you are and his affirmation fills you up. And this is key in understanding for the type two of who you truly are. Well, so why don't we speak to what that means for us? What do you call your beloved child? Coach Beth. Coach Beth. <laughs> yeah, Coach Beth, because um, she shows up for everyone else in really healthy ways, and um, she gives the best part of who I am to others. But the question comes, does she show up for myself? Like, does she help all the parts of my heart to remember who I am and whose I am? 
And until we started really doing this, I would say, no, not so much. It was the misaligned parts that were having a louder voice and a louder influence in my life, which was really hard. So, and that speaks to the various parts of us and our experience of these parts, because um, why do I show up differently in this relationship, maybe in a professional relationship, versus how I show up for myself? Mm -hmm. And the same is true for me. So, my beloved self, I, I call Pastor Jeff. Because Pastor Jeff has faith on behalf of others. I, I trust the assurances that we have from Jesus. I trust in his providence to care for these people. But sometimes I don't believe it myself. And so I recognize that Jesus has given to me the assurances to apply to my own heart whenever I get spun out. So for the type two, the thoughts around beloved self and learning how to care for your wounded child could look, uh, here's a few examples. Uh, Christ delights in providing for all of my needs and tenderly caring for me. That I can follow Jesus' example by taking care of my physical, emotional, and spiritual needs so that I can care for others and as an overflow of God's uh, care and grace towards me. Yeah, that is so good. And I hope that twos are hearing that, and, and they might be at first like, wait, what? I can speak that to myself? And it's like, yeah, we call this gospel self-talk, because we have to remind ourselves of the gospel every day, every hour, because we forget all the time. And that's when we need to bring the beloved part of our heart back into alignment to help guide the misaligned parts of our heart with the truth of the gospel. Well, I was thinking just the other day, um, I was uh, going to sleep. And just had an intrusive thought uh, that uh, if for type six, and I'm sure it's, it can be for anyone, that it's the kind of thought that you're like, that's big, that's going to get, my heart starts pumping, so rather than calming down, I'm actually activated. And I remember in that moment saying to myself, Jeffrey, I know you're scared, but we're going to take care of this. We're going to take care of it tomorrow, and we'll address it. And that was an opportunity to apply the truth of the gospel to my own heart, to sort of reparent myself, but not just doing it myself, but also doing it in alignment with the truth of the gospel. Yeah, and this is absolutely key for real heart transformation, is bringing the truth of the gospel to all of the parts of our heart, getting them uh, from a misaligned place to an aligned place. Well, let's look at type two's connecting type. So we've covered uh, the main type. We've covered the beloved and wounded child. Now let's look at the two connecting types. And we're going to start with the wings. These are the two numbers directly next to the main type. For type twos, those wings are type one and type three. We use both, but they're always used out of the core motivations of our main types. And they show up to varying degrees. These connecting parts will bring both positive and negative, or aligned or misaligned characteristics to our main type, depending upon whether we are activating out of the misaligned wounded child or the gospel-aligned beloved child. And this is key to understanding EIP. So that means that as a type 2, your three-wing may be acting in self-protective ways uh, for something that's hat where your core motivations are activated, or that three could be acting on behalf of your beloved self where it's reminding you of the truth of the gospel. So let's begin by describing what does a misaligned and aligned wing t uh, one look like for the type two? Yeah, so type twos, your type one part is objective, it's detail-oriented, it can be impersonal and serious, and it's more emotionally controlled. 
Now, when your wing one part shows up in a misaligned way, you're going to maybe see some of these tendencies where you might be controlling others with your moral intensity. Maybe you're more impatient and you might want to demand others to follow through on your advice. Well, so helping people looks more critical, Mm -hmm. perfectionistic, maybe even demanding. Uh, It loses some of the tenderness and the warmth that a two naturally provides when they're yeah because the people. the two the pride of the two I know how to help you I know what your needs are and then the one uh, comes in and says um, well but this is the right way to do it and so there's this I have the right advice that you need to follow and it's very likely for that for this one part of the two uh, that it's the part that holds resentment mm. when people are not listening to what they say it's, well resentment and um, hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. So the two is going to hold the hurt feelings that you didn't listen and follow them. And the one is going to be resentful because they know the right way. That's right. So there's this combination. And with the one wing, you're going to start to see that you're going to struggle a little bit more with self-condemnation, maybe some guilt, negative self-talk, because you're seeing that you're doing something wrong or you're being selfish. The other thing is that twos can feel conflicted inside between moral principles of the one and the feeling that they need to come alongside and help others with their heart. So there's these two sides that can be in in conflict with one another. And and that is something to understand about wings in general that we've come to understand as we've coached uh, people is that oftentimes there's ambivalence around our wings, is that they can actually be self-sabotaging or unwanted parts of us, Um, but we also have to recognize that they bring gifts with them as well. But let's talk about the aligned. When our when a type two with a one wing is following the beloved self, you're going to see that they're going to give the most ideal and best service to others without needing any praise or recognition back. So the two is feeling the love and the affirmation from Christ first, and the overflow of their heart is to give this wisdom, this insight, this advice but also letting it go. Like, you know, that other person will decide whether they take it or not. And if they don't, that doesn't mean I am less loved or cared for because I am fully cared and loved by Christ. But if they do take it, doesn't mean I'm any better either. I'm fully loved and cared for by Christ. You know, it's interesting to think that um, in our previous episode where we covered type ones, the the invitation to the ones is to recognize by faith that God is redeeming the world, that he is the one who brings wisdom and renewal to all things. And so the one can rest recognizing that they don't have to be the only instrument to redeem things. Well, even for the type two, uh, that that invitation can be extended to this part to realize that you may uh, believe that you have a better way, but you can also trust that, as Paul says in Philippians 1, that he will carry it out unto completion, that, that you don't have to make sure that everybody else is okay because God is under, they are under God's care, and he promises to bring things out unto completion. And then lastly, you're going to find that the principles of the one are going to help to establish healthy boundaries for the type two, so they don't overstretch themselves, so they actually take good care of their internal world and their physical body as well. So this is a vital part of EIP because whenever these uh, our wings um, are being led by our beloved self or being led by our misaligned uh, wounded self, 
you'll see whether or not they are actually contributing in helpful ways or unhelpful ways. So now let's look at the the type 2's three wing. Yeah, so just in general, the three part of a type 2's heart is going to be outgoing, affirming, friendly, uh, self-assured. Um, and they definitely don't want to be exposed of any failures or being worthless. Now, when your wing three part is misaligned, it's going to try to protect your wounded child by doing a few things. So they might be people pleasers and trying to get high status and high regard to get affirmation and admiration from others by doing anything successful. And this is a combination of three and two. So twos are, it's basically they want to be the most successful at helping others, Mm -hmm. the most successful at connecting with others, and the most successful in, in showing that they have warmth and kindness. So it's this combination. It's not just purely about image. It's about letting others see how amazing they are at serving. And that's one of the difficulties for the two and why they call it pride. There's mm-hmm. a there's a sense to where how can it be prideful when I just want to serve people? Um, but oftentimes there's a sense of they put their own value to serving people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the three wing uh, presents itself in that way and gives the two's energy to want to have the kind of reputation that they're always the one to go to help, get help. Yeah. And because twos and threes are very good at connecting with people um, and because they're wanting their status to to be elevated in some form or fashion, their their value, they might start uh, name dropping. They might also flatter others. So that others feel like, oh, this person's amazing and charming. They're making me feel so good. And that can bring deeper connections, but at sometimes the expense of authenticity. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think for the twos with a strong three wing to recognize when it's being misaligned. But let's take a look at what it's like with the three wing for the twos when their heart is aligned and they're following the beloved child. So this is really remarkable. They offer themselves, their abilities, their talents, their gifts from an overflow of their heart because they already know they've been recognized and loved through Christ unconditionally. And when they're at that place, they know that they don't have to accomplish anymore. They don't have to do all of these things to be seen. They're already seen. So this overflow helps others to feel um, assured, to feel encouraged. But not only that, they're able to give themselves assurance. They're able to tap into their emotions on a deeper level and to actually take care of those needs um, in an actual ongoing basis. Now, this is so important because if they don't take care of their own needs, what you'll see is they'll become intrusive to others, where this part of their heart is offering the fullness of who they are from a totally selfless place because they themselves have been filled up. Now that we've seen how both wings can be both uh, strength and a liability, when they're aligned, they can be a great strength to our relationships and then also be a liability to our relationships. We use them both and in varying ways and varying circumstances and relationships, but they're both part of who we are and that desire the attention of our beloved self. Yeah, and that's right. A lot of people will talk about having a dominant wing. And what we want to do is just acknowledge that we have both wings. Um, Yeah, one might be more dominant than the other um, in certain circumstances, but that doesn't mean you're not using both wings. And it's important that we recognize that because if we think, oh, I just have this wing, I don't have the other wing, one, we're going to miss that we're probably using that other wing in negative ways and it's affecting ourselves and our relationships, maybe careers, et cetera. 
And so to be blind to that means that you're going to continually get frustrated and see consequences from that. So we want to become aware of that. But we also are missing out on how we can benefit ourselves and our relationships when our hearts aligned and how we can use that wing to like feel more freedom and grace and joy, but also how we can bestow that on others. So it's important for everyone to recognize that you use both your wings to varying degrees and how can we be aware and actually use the beloved part of our wing more and more and more. Well, let's move on to the final two parts of the type twos uh, EIP or the Enneagram Internal Profile. To find your past, you only need to look at the Enneagram symbol itself. These are the two lines that go from your main type. And for type 2, that means that the lines connect with type 4 and type 8. It's common in the basic Enneagram teaching that one path is your uh, stress path, the other path is your growth path. But we're going to take that a little bit further to say that we can access these two numbers as parts of us in both healthy and unhealthy ways when they're operating out of either the misaligned wounded child or the aligned beloved child. So, Beth, why don't you start off with talking about type 8? Yeah, so type 8 is super resourceful. It's a part of your heart, type 2s. They give you inner drive. They um, bring decisiveness, natural leadership, um, and they are a champion of others by leading the way. They provide protection, and they also support others with this real like gutsy energy, this real um, ability to be uh, blunt and honest with what's going on. But because you have this two part of your heart, it's all going to come from a place of warmth and connection as well. But when this eight part of your heart is in the misaligned category, it's going to try to protect your wounded child. And you might notice a few things. You might be more confrontational, irritable, angry, defensive, and you feel that your love and support is being ignored and unappreciated. So you're starting to feel rejected. So you might become more controlling, demanding, and forcing others to focus on the relationship. Now, you might also feel the tendency to avoid vulnerability, fearing that others are going to take advantage of you and reject you. And so you're going to find this kind of um, intense energy to push others away or to get them not to focus on you, that you're just going to focus on them so that you don't feel vulnerable and rejected. A lot of times we call this part of the type two, the mama bear. So especially you'll see this um, with moms whose children, you know, they think are not being treated well and or may may be harmed, man, that mama bear, she's going to come in and she's going to say what needs to happen and make things happen. But you can see how that might be confusing for the two because this part of their heart, uh, sometimes the mama bear is not needed for the moment, but that can be coming from a wounded place that they feel like they need to advocate for themselves in a stronger way. Whereas the person whom they're talking with is kind of like, hey, um, I I don't know why you got so big all of a sudden. Uh, but it can also be a tremendous gift whenever the two is moving into some a place where there's been injustice, yeah. uh, whenever someone's been overlooked, and they actually step in to advocate for other people. Yeah, so let's actually move into that because that's taking the perfect example of when a type 2 goes from misaligned to aligned. The 8 part of your heart is an amazing attribute for you to tap into. So when you're following the beloved child, the spirit-led self, you're going to find this ability to see where there's injustice, to see when someone's being hurt and harmed, and how to move in with strength and decisiveness, but in a way that is still thinking of others and providing space and knowing that ultimately you're not the one that has to make it happen, that God is our ultimate protector, the one who ultimately cares and nurtures 
but you have this ability to come in and to speak truth where, uh, and what needs to happen. So just think of that, even uh, as you think about your beloved self leading this eight part of your heart, uh, to think of it in those terms. Uh, when you're doing it out of self-protectiveness uh, and recognizing that maybe Jesus isn't there to protect, uh, or that you're feeling pain, that that pain's going to persist and no one's going to advocate for you, versus the beloved self, that it could apply the truth of the gospel to recognizing that um, he does care for you. He will take care of you. It may be something difficult that you're having to walk through, but there is a sense of faith and assurance that you can bring to yourself so that it doesn't, your behavior and your thoughts, your actions, they don't actually sabotage your relationships. Yeah. And, you know, this is a part of your heart where you're starting to feel more independent. You know, that eight is a very independent person, um, which also can bring in self-affirmation and confidence and give yourself the the courage to move forward in your abilities and taking care of yourself, knowing your emotions and recognizing that it's not selfish, that oh, these are good things that, to do. When you said that, Bethy, what came to mind is this eight part of their heart can actually lead them to setting healthy bound boundaries rather than being uh, taken advantage of by right. other people. Absolutely. So for the other path for type twos is the path that goes to four. Uh, the type four part of your heart lives primarily in imagination and feelings. Deep down, it has an idealized vision of the person it desires to become. But it feels like it's tragically flawed and lacks qualities that others possess. It supports your main type, but giving you a profound depth and authenticity, a necessary component for any two to create healthy relationships with others. Yeah. And when your type four part is misaligned and trying to protect your wounded child, you may notice a few things. One, the feelings of rejection because people aren't listening or accepting your help. And feeling that they don't understand how difficult it is to be so helpful and others focused. You may find yourself withdrawing when you feel moody, melancholy, or misunderstood to protect your reputation and work out your emotions alone. You may find yourself daydreaming, becoming uh, free of always needing to be helpful and selfless, being your authentic and ideal self, and to focus on your own emotions and needs. But when your forepart is under gospel alignment, the leadership of your beloved child, you may notice a few different things about how your forepart shows up. You may find yourself enjoying resting in the beauty of nature, allowing creativity and feelings and your needs to surface and be experienced. You may set aside helping others to practice self-care intentionally, scheduling time just to process what's happening in your life, bringing the truth of the gospel to apply to your own heart, where there may be feelings of rejection, feelings of pride or fear. Next, you may find yourself sitting with others in their difficult emotions, providing support without offering unsolicited advice. Like your wings, your paths can be a liability or a blessing, depending upon their alignment with the gospel. That's why you need to be able to access your beloved child so that it can lead all of your parts through the help of the Holy Spirit. We like to visualize all of this, all these parts in some sense like driving a bus. For type twos, mm -hmm. you have the beloved child and the wounded child, and all of your connecting parts are all in the bus, the one wing, the three wing, the four path, and the eight path. And you don't want your wounded child, your misaligned self, to be in the driver's seat. Why? Because uh, we need wise, mature leaders who know how to embrace the truth of God and apply it to our hearts. And when that beloved self drives the bus, 
all the kids on the bus are all aligned. They become uh, strengths for your relationships, and they provide strengths for you to take care of yourself. But when the beloved child disengages and goes to the back of the bus, <laughs> the wounded child steps in, and they use their misaligned strategies to grab at the wheel. They're doing their best mm-hmm. to help you out. They're stepping in where leadership has and uh, where help hasn't been uh, provided. But understand that they really desire for our beloved self to wake up and to get back in the driver's seat to lead them towards gospel truth. Yeah. And keeping our beloved self in the driver's seat is really hard work. Uh, it often just kind of wants to take a step in the back and chill and relax, but we need it. We need it I, to I know be that there. Even for us in our conversations, as we apply this concept uh, in our marriage, Sometimes we'll ask each other, so where's Coach Beth at? Or yeah. uh, where is Pastor Jeff? Yeah. And and we'll just say, like, wait, well, I, I, I don't think know. they've left the building. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Because right now, all I can say is that the kids are going wild in my heart, and I've got all kinds of things happening inside. And the other parts of our heart feel so, con- they're so convincing <clears throat> that they're true, that they're real, like that their messages are right because we've lived with those messages our whole life. And so it's hard to bring the beloved self back into the driver's seat and to trust it. Um, even though what they're saying is really what we want, it's like, oh, are you sure? You know, because we're, we're so easily to believe the false messages. Oh, I mean, even as I was thinking that situation the other night or that kind of intrusive thought came up, there's a part of me that doesn't trust that I'll take care of it the next day that I'm only going to persist in the anxiety and let this issue kind of linger. It does remind me of the way that Paul talked about the new self and old self in Colossians, where he said, put on the new self. He says that both in uh, Ephesians and in Colossians. And there is that sense. I don't know uh, if you've ever, uh, if if this illustration or metaphor helps, but uh, think of yourself when you're getting up on a Saturday and you're going to wear your pajamas all day long, that you're probably not going to feel very professional that day. Yeah. And so, but if you got up, took a shower, got dressed for the day, you're going to engage with it even in a different way. Mm. And the same thing regarding beloved and wounded, that by actively pursuing to stay in the spirit-filled self, by putting on the new self, we actually lead our parts and set us up for a great way to live in healthier relationships with our work and in our relationships. Yeah, so let's talk about some practical ways type twos can integrate their um, the understanding of their Enneagram internal profile into their everyday life. So whenever you guys have the impulse that arises that I must help this person, I know they have a need, um, one, that's a great gift. So we're not wanting to to say that that is wrong or bad, but then there's the, the feeling I have to help and I have to do this because otherwise they might reject me and I'm so desperate to hear their approval. So we want you to first stop and be mindful of what's going on in your heart. Also to remind yourself that you are Christ's beloved child, cherished, fully loved with his unconditional love. That's important for twos to remember. And to remind yourself that you have the relational connection that you're looking for in him first. And so when you're at that place of rest, and it might take a little while to get there, but when your your heart is at that place, then reconnect, rethink, okay, is this need I see before me something that I should take responsibility for? Is it something I need to do? 
Or is it a responsibility that I can actually make someone else aware of and turn it over to them? Or is it just simply something that I need to let go and trust God to provide for? That is super hard for twos. So what I would suggest is that you keep track in a journal all the times that um, needs of others and emotions of others pop up. You're very attuned to this. So write them down and then ask yourself, for well, first get back to that place of beloved and then truly see, so maybe put a line down the middle, and on the right-hand side, what does beloved say? What are, What is the truth? What is the Holy Spirit truly leading you to versus the wounded self that is desperate to help people in order to feel loved and wanted? Because you're already loved and wanted. So as you get to know your EIP parts, we encourage you to give them a unique name. And you can do that in a various way. That's We're not talking about multiple personality no. stuff. All we're talking about is being able to name and access these various parts in our hearts whenever they show up. So we avoid some of the guilt and shame and self-sabotage that we become so accustomed to so that we can live in a more healthier space. Next, uh, connect with one of our certified Enneagram coaches. Mm -hmm. They would be able to help you to understand all the components to your EIP uh, and help you to learn self-leadership so that where true transformation can begin. You can find one of our coaches by going to myenneagramcoach.com. Uh, the last thing you can do, go ahead and pre-order our book, More Than Your Number. You can find it anywhere where books are sold. Uh, it comes out in September. Our podcast episodes are a great starting point, but we recognize that there's going to be so much more that's coming not, that we were able to include in our books, yep. as well as some of the other resources that we create. In next week's episode, we're going to be interviewing a panel of Type 2s. We're going to be talking about their EIPs, which it's going to help clarify a lot of this for Type 2s yep. and the 2s that are in your life. If someone, if you know a 2 and you love them, please yeah. be sure to share this episode with them yeah. uh, and also remind them of the episodes to come where we're going to be talking more about how do 2s experience the various parts of their Enneagram type. And we're going to be including in the episode another McCord. That's right. Yep, our daughter. She's a type two. So you'll get to hear from her. Um, and she grew up with the Enneagram. So it'd be kind of fun to hear what she has to say about being a two and living out this EIP understanding for the last couple of years alongside us. But what we want you to remember, as always, the Enneagram reveals your need for Jesus, not your need to work harder, because it's the gospel that transforms us. Thanks for joining us.